You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Those who have stood for truth over the centuries. Some recorded for us in scripture and some in history. Men like Martin Luther. Thank God for Martin Luther and his willingness to stand against the whole Catholic Church in regard to the truth and the purity of the gospel. And the Reformation was a God thing. But to stand for truth takes courage. And to stand for truth always has a cost. Always has a cost. Daniel willing to stand for truth? Put him in a lion's den. His friends... Hananiah, Hazariah, and Mishael, we know him better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were willing to burn rather than bow. It isn't loving to hide, ignore, or lighten the truth of the gospel in order to make people happy. God's love will never be real to them if they never recognize His truth revealed in Scripture. However, as Pastor Danny points out today, standing up for the truth in a loving and honest way requires a great amount of courage. It's risky and will have a cost to it. What are you willing to give up or risk in order to stand up for the truth of God? You won't be alone as you stand bravely for truth. God's Holy Spirit will give you courage. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 John with today's edition of The Living Word. In the times I have had conversation with them, and I've had many, I'll ask to use their Bible. I'll lay some ground rules. I'll say, look, here's here's some ground rules that I think is fair for you and for me. If you share 10 minutes, then you give me 10 minutes. If I share 10 minutes, I give you. And then we put, a, I usually put a watch right there and say, okay, you know, hey, okay, I, I appreciate that, but now. And then we'll go back and forth, equal sharing time. Just honor one another with that. And then I'll take their Bible and I'll usually go to Isaiah, starting in Isaiah chapter 43. You might want to just take a, a quick turn there, Isaiah chapter 43. And I'll go down to the middle of verse 10. And the middle of verse 10 says, Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. And notice it's the little g God. They suggest Jesus is a God with a little g. I, even I, verse 11, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. Now, if your Bible translation has the Lord there with four capital letters, capital L-O-R-D, that's telling you it's a translation of the Hebrew word for Jehovah. That's very important, especially when I'm talking to Jehovah's Witnesses. I say, you're aware, that's Jehovah, and of course they are. That's Jehovah. And we start there, and then I go to chapter 44, And I'll go down to verse 6. This is what the Lord, capitalized, this is what Jehovah says. Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Either at that point or sometime later, I'll go from that scripture and tie it in to Revelation chapter 1, where John sees the vision of Jesus, and Jesus says there, I am the first and the last. That's what he says. And then we'll keep going. And I'll go uh, chapter 44, verse 8. End of verse 8. You're my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. And then you go to verse 24. This is what the Lord Jehovah says. Your Redeemer who formed you in the womb. I am Jehovah who has made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. And either at that point or sometime later, I'll tie in from that verse, Colossians. And Colossians tells us that Christ is the one who created all things. 
And then I go to Isaiah chapter 45 and the first part of verse 5. I am Jehovah and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. Same chapter, last part of verse 6. I am the Lord Jehovah and there is no other. Verse 18, Isaiah 45. The end of the verse. I am the Lord Jehovah. There is no other. Verse 22. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I've sworn, my mouth is uttered in all integrity, a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow, by me every tongue will swear. And then I'll link that verse with Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, especially verses 9 through 11, that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then I'll link that with Romans 9, 5, where Paul gives the advantage of being a Jew, being an Israelite. And they have, theirs are the patriarchs. And from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all. Doesn't get any clearer. When I spoke about the Blessed Mother, and I started off telling you about some of the teachings of the Catholic Church regarding the Blessed Mother that are just absolutely not true. And every time I mention that, somebody will come up to me after one of the services or somebody will email me and say, well, they say lots of different things. But, uh, but over the years, a lot of times people say, you know, I invited my Catholic friends or my Catholic neighbors or Catholics at work. And they came to church with me today and they'll probably never come back again. And I'm sorry for that. But truth and love have to go together. And if you say, I love somebody, but you're not willing to tell them the truth, you don't really love them. You don't really love them. I want people to know the truth because it's the truth of the word of God. It's not my truth. It's not my opinion. We've had to deal with so many things over the years. Thank God I don't have to get into it today, but not long ago we had to examine the teachings of a man and our leadership examined them carefully and we concluded based on the word of God that much of his teaching it's falsehood. That was painful for us to do. Cost me a relationship with a close friend who was an elder in our church. Some of the people left the church still today. Some people who still agree with that teaching and our relationship has been affected. You think I enjoy that? Of course not. Had a lady come up to me after a service a few years ago. Uh, she was fairly new to the church. I talked to her several times and she came up all excited after one service said, I just finished training with a ministry called Hallelujah Acres. Maybe you're familiar with the ministry. Look, I've read testimonies where people have been healed through the diet of Hallelujah Acres. I've read testimonies where people have been cured of cancer, and I don't disbelieve that. I think that's probably true. But you need to understand, if you're familiar at all with the Hallelujah Acres and that ministry and their teaching, the basis of their teaching, the basis of their teaching is that God never intended man to eat meat. They say for 1,700 years, man didn't deal with the diseases and all the sicknesses that we do. But after the flood, God gave man the animals to eat. And as soon as man started eating meat, that's when we had all the problems. Folks, that's an unbiblical teaching. It's just not true. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry. Catholic Church ought to look at that one too. And order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good. 
and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving because it's consecrated by the word of God and prayer. That's the truth. Romans chapter 14, verse 14. Paul the apostle says, as one who is in the Lord Jesus, I'm fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. Mark chapter 7, verse 19. Listen, write that one down. Jesus declared all foods clean. If it's wrong and God never intended man to eat meat, Jesus ate the meat of the lamb of the Passover meal. So he violated that. Jesus Christ. Calm down. (laughs) Calm down. I just hate it when I hear people purporting something to be truth that's not truth. If you want to go on a diet that will help you physically, praise the Lord. But don't make it a doctrine that doesn't line up with the word of God. Don't do that. And then we've had people, oh my goodness, some of the children of people that I know and love, and some others who used to be a part of our fellowship, gotten into the Hebrew roots movement. What an ungodly teaching. What an unbiblical teaching. They teach that the Old Testament takes precedence. The dietary laws are still in effect. The Sabbath laws are still in effect. They say Jesus never really instituted a new covenant. And they interpret everything in the New Testament through the Old Testament. And they distort truth. They're going to answer to Jesus one day. Colossians chapter 2, Therefore don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. If I had the time, I was going to take you to some verses in the Old Testament. I'll just mention a couple of them. Of course, we can't forget those who have stood for truth over the centuries. Some recorded for us in Scripture and some in history. Men like Martin Luther. Thank God for Martin Luther and his willingness to stand against the whole Catholic Church in regard to the truth and the purity of the gospel. And the Reformation was a God thing. But to stand for truth takes courage. And to stand for truth always has a cost. Always has a cost. Daniel willing to stand for truth? Put him in a lion's den. His friends... Ananias, Hazariah, and Mishael, we know him better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were willing to burn rather than bow. Samuel, his first job as a young lad, he's called to be a prophet, and he had to stand and speak truth to Eli the priest, who was a very godless priest and a godless father. Isaiah, oh, he had that vision in Isaiah 6 of being the vision of the Lord high and lifted up and he was so moved and so saw his own sin in a fresh way and became more of a servant than ever before and he hears God saying whom shall I send and who will go for us he says here am I I'll go That's all we have for today on The Living Word. If you have any questions for us about what you heard from Pastor Danny's study in 2 John, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. You can connect with us on social media as well. Find The Living Word on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and jump into the conversations there. You can connect through the links available at our website, ccfstpete.church. And if you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, we want to meet you. 
Every message you hear on The Living Word comes from a teaching that Pastor Danny has shared at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and you're invited to join us for our weekly services. Our church is filled with imperfect people being made holy by our perfect Creator, and we know that you'll fit right in. Join us on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship God, read His Word, and get to know each other better. Find directions at our website. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. With that, our time with you has officially come to an end. We're so honored to have spent some time with you today studying God's Word. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue studying through the book of 2 John right here on The Living Word.